but tonight I want to get into the word. If you would, turn to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. And um, I'm actually going to be ministering on the word tonight. Pastor Caleb asked me before service, you know, the children's pastor. If you ask a child, hey, what'd you learn in church today? God, Jesus, you know, something generic. And so I was over here looking at my notes, and he came by and says, hey, so what are you ministering on tonight? I said, the word. <laughs> and he laughed at me, and I said, what? I'm ministering on the word. What's so funny about that? He's like, oh, I thought you were just giving me a generic answer. I was like, you can take it that way, but that's what I'm preaching about. I'm preaching about the word of God. That's what we're going to talk about. Amen. And uh, so we want to talk about God's word. Now look at Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to start with verse 10. These, this is a powerful verse, one of my favorite verses. But it says in verse 10, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth. See, it's in the Bible. So even though there's some of you that may have never seen snow because you're from here and not used to anything like that, uh, it's in the Bible. So there really is a thing such as snow. We're not just making it up. But the snow comes from heaven. They do not return there, but water the earth. Why? And make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Seed to the sower and bread to the eater. The water has to do with this. The water helps in this process. See, it's not just enough for a farmer to go out and throw seed in the ground and expect fruit or expect something to come up from it. It needs some assistance some way. And so he's saying just as we have rain and snow that come from heaven and they don't go back there, but they water the earth and they make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. If you want to eat, you've got to have some bread. Verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, that means empty or useless, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Everyone say sent. See, we don't really think about that. See, you and I, we talk so much and we, we throw words out so much and say things all the time. And we don't ever think about words being sent to do anything. Right? We don't ever think about that. But God never speaks without sending his word. And, and, and you've heard me allude to this before when we're talking about purpose and assignment. When you're sent, there, there's an assignment attached to it. You don't get sent without an assignment. You don't get sent somewhere without work being assigned to it. And so what God is saying here is God's word is God at work. God's word is God at work. When he speaks, he is working something. He's working something. You and I, when we say something, we have to Back that up, right? You have to what? Do what you say, right? We say that all the time. Don't just say it, but do it. 
But see, God, when he says it, it's doing it. It's in the process of working right there. Because he says, when I speak, my words, they don't ever come back to me void. They don't ever come back to me empty or useless or uh, having not accomplished something. But it will accomplish what I please. That means when I say this, I have a purpose behind it. So when I say it, I'm sending it. And then he says, it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I want to read this to you in the message. It says this. I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work, God's decree. For as the sky soars high above earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. This is kind of backing up a little bit. And then he gets into verse 10. Just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom. See, we knew, today we had a lot of rain, right? Today was a pretty dreary, nasty, cold, wet day. But we don't think about that water coming from the sky working. Because it's been sent to accomplish something. And it wasn't sent to keep you home from church. Amen. You're here. Amen. That wasn't the work. It's raining. God God must want me to stay home today. No, that wasn't the work it was sent to do. Right? But it's working. Doing their work of what? Making things grow and blossom. Producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry. So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. You see, we're, we're human beings. We, we've seen many people say things and not follow through. We have said things and not follow through, right? We have said that I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, and then it doesn't accomplish anything. It's just words that came back void, came back useless. Amen. But God doesn't work this way. And we can't put God in our human mind frame, our, our, our human mindset of, well, he said it, but will he really do it? The Bible is full of people that saw results in their lives because they took God at his word. Have you ever come across somebody in your life that you knew them so well and they were so keen to their word that you knew you could take them at their word? If they said they were putting a check in the mail, the check's in the mail. If they said they were going to come and help you do that thing, they're going to show up. If they said they're going to be there at 10, they're there five minutes early. If they said they would stay late, they're going to stay late. They will hold to their word. And God is that person. The people in the Bible that saw results and saw accomplishments, Abraham and David, Jesus, Paul, the disciples, the apostles, they knew I can take God at his word because his word is God working. Look at uh, Psalms chapter 107, verse 20. Psalms 107, verse 20. This is in regards to healing. Psalms 107, verse 20. It says he, what's that word? Sent his word and 
healed them. Past tense. Why? Because if he says it, it's as good as done. If he sent the word, you can consider yourself healed. If he sent the word, the sending of the word is going to accomplish something. See, there's some people here that you got a word this weekend. The word that you received is what, what, what it needs to be accomplished in your life, as good as done. It's over. It's past tense. You've got what he said because the moment he said it, you have it because it's working. Amen. Is this, get, is this uh, building you up tonight? When, God's, uh, when God is speaking, he is working. As long as God is speaking, he is working. Now, here's the exciting thing about that. His words will never pass away. That means he's always speaking and it's always relevant to you today. There is nothing in the Bible that was stuck for people back then or for a certain group or a certain type of people. God is not a respecter of persons. That means he doesn't respect people of certain statuses and he doesn't respect certain people of different eras. Well, they were on the planet when Jesus was on the planet, so he meant that for them. You know, they were actually disciples and apostles, but for us today, it's not, that's not what my Bible says. And so God is still speaking. That means God is still working. God is still working. Amen? Isn't that exciting? God is still speaking his word. This word will never pass away. This word is just as relevant today as the day it was jotted down on uh, paper with ink. And they had to rewrite scrolls over and over and over. It's just as relevant now that we're printing it in mass production. It is the word of God. And as long as he's speaking, he is working. God's word is synonymous with God's work. God's word is synonymous. It's one and the same with his work. If he spoke it, he will accomplish it. See, Abraham had to have this frame of mind with, with God. If he spoke it, then he's going to accomplish it. And Romans tells us, and Hebrews uh, chapter 11 tells us, that God, or that Abraham, believed. Believed. See, the word doesn't respond to our lives. Because we failed on our side, not because God didn't. If we don't see the word working, it's because we're not believing the spoken word. And there's faith that has to be attached to the spoken word. That word, as soon as he sends it, as soon as he speaks it, it's going to go out and it's going to accomplish. But it requires us to attach faith. Imagine what would have happened if we were reading about Abraham with a different response. That he didn't believe God. And he didn't receive the promise. The promise that Romans tells us that he believes he is faithful to perform. See, some of us don't like promises. No, don't promise me. Or I, I won't promise you that I'll be there. Right? I won't. I can't guarantee it. Why? Because that means we have to hold to that. And that means that somebody's going to hold you. To that. that means I don't have, if I say I promise I will do this, I mean that puts some obligation now. That puts some responsibility on yourself 
to come through, to follow through, to make that thing happen. And God says, I promise. He, he uses that word multiple times, promise. I mean, for some of us, we've, we, we may have lost value in the word promise. Yeah, he said you promised. That's true. That, that doesn't really secure anything for us because we've been failed there so many times. But I want to get over today that God's word, when it's spoken, it's as good as done. You can hang on the very word of God. We can hold to the very word of God. You know, the Bible tells us over in Hebrews, we saw it this past weekend, it says, hold fast to your confession of faith. Well, what's confession? It's words being spoken. The profession of your faith, the confession of our faith, we have to hold fast to that. That just because I said it doesn't mean I see it because I say it and keep saying it and remain in it and abide in it. What did uh, Jesus say over in John chapter 15? If you abide in my word and I abide in you, Jesus being the word of God. See, look, even Jesus, John chapter 1 says, was the word made flesh. Well, Isaiah tells us that God never sends his word without it performing or accomplishing that which he sends it to do. So now I ask you, did Jesus perform and accomplish that which he was sent to do? Jesus is a physical picture of what God's word will do for you. That's awesome. I mean, we can see God's word in action, literally. We've got a flesh human being that was sent to the earth to redeem mankind, to restore the kingdom, to remove sin, to separate sin, to give us a a, a way back to the kingdom, restoration with the Father. And he did just that. And now what do we have to do? Believe in him. Confess him. Make a confession with our mouths and with our words. I remember there was uh, somebody that was, you know, trying to bring the debate that, you know, you you don't have to, you know, really pray the prayer of salvation. It's not something you have to literally vocalize. See, we we try to demean the power of our words and, and, and lessen the power of our words. And we can't do that, guys. We have got to speak. There are things in life that you just will not see change until you change your mouth. And when you change what you say, you'll change what you speak. I'm just, that's just how it is. When God wanted to change the way he saw something, he changed the way he spoke about it. He wasn't sitting up in heaven thinking in his mind, I think Abraham's going to be a father of many nations. No, what did he do? He came down, got with Abraham, and then what? Spoke to him. Oh, and watch this. He even takes it a step further. He says, no longer will they call you Abram. They're going to call you Abraham. In fact, I'm going to change your name so now everybody is going to speak that you're a father of many nations. Because that's how important the word is. I'm going to change the way they talk about you. I'm going to change what they call you. See, we, we get in this thing that we only say what we see. 
that we only speak the way it currently is, and so it never changes. And then we wonder why we don't see anything different. It's because we're not saying anything different. But look over here in uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. I mean, let's, let, you know, don't turn there. You're turning to Ephesians chapter 6. But you go all the way over to Genesis chapter 1. And how is the earth even formed? How do we turn absolute void, is what the verse says in, in verse 2, chapter 1, verse 2. The, the, the world was, it was just void, just empty. How does he create light? He speaks it. How do trees show up? He speaks it. How do fish? And, and not only does he speak them into existence, he speaks the reproducing of it. He says the earth will reproduce after its own kind. And the animals will reproduce after their own kind. And the sea animals will reproduce after their own kind. He speaks even the functioning of it into existence. He gets together uh, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and he says, let us make man in our image. He speaks it and then does it. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14. This is the, the, uh, the armor of God. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, taking the shield of faith, which with, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And look at verse 17. And take a, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Of all the pieces of armor that are mentioned, the sword, the Word of God, is the only offensive weapon. It's the only one that you use to change things. The rest of them defend you and protect you and keep you. But the word is what you use to go and attack something, to get onto the offensive and to change things. A sword will change things, right? You, you start using a sword and you go to town with a sword and you'll start changing. Some things will start looking different than before you started using the weapon. The sword is the only one that you attack with. The sword is the only one that you go through and start using offensively. Everything else is defensive. The word of God. See, this isn't just about, you know, getting shut up in our little zone and just saying, all right, well, I hope I see God do something for me. No, we get the word of God. And we start changing what we see. You don't like the way it looks right now? Start getting in alignment with his word and see things change before you. You don't like the fact that, uh, you know, there's no favor that ever goes before. You don't like the way your finances look. You don't like the way your house is when you get home. And I don't mean dirty laundry. That You actually have to get up and do dirty laundry. Okay, you can't talk to that. We're about to talk about mountains. Some of us have mountains of laundry. You don't talk to those. But if you don't like the way your spousal, your, your marriage relationship is, you don't like the way your, your children respond and act, you can start speaking some words and start changing things. Look at uh, Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. God places a very high value on his word. 
God places a very high value on his word. He says, he says this, I even place my word above my own name. There's not very many of us that can do that. There's not very many people that I know that I can take their word above their own name. But God said, my, my word is at such a high level of priority, such a high value that if I say it, you can put my name on it. You can stamp my name on it. It's going to happen. It's going to come to pass. And so Mark chapter 11, verse 22. See, God has spoken some things, but here's what we got to do. Verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. And you've heard us make this reference before. That's translated in the Greek. It actually says, have the God kind of faith. Do you believe God has faith? I mean, you know, we normally don't think about that. Does God have faith? God has faith that when he says something, it's going to go out and accomplish it. He has so much faith that he says, I sent my word and it healed them. Past tense. It's going to accomplish. It's going to take place. Have faith in God. Verse 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, Believe that you receive them, and you will have them. God's word in your mouth is just as powerful as God's word in his mouth. If you can say what God has said, there's power in that. He says, you'll have whatever you say. If you speak to the mountain, we can see mountains. What is the mountain in your life? What is it that's standing in the way? What is, what is it that, is, that seems insurmountable, too large to overcome? And God says, the answer is saying to it what I have already said about it. Speak to the mountain. Notice he does not say, speak to God about the mountain. He doesn't say, pray about the mountain. He says, speak to the mountain. Some of us are real good about praying to God about our problems. But guys, I'm just going to tell you, there are some things in our life that we've just got to talk to. And talk to it. And talk to it. And talk to it. Because God's word in your mouth produces the same result that it does when it's God's word in his own mouth. I mean, no, nobody here likes doing things without results. Nobody likes wasting their time or wasting their energy or wasting their resources doing something that's not going to produce any results. Nobody does. We are, we are results-oriented. And God has made us that way because he said the same thing about himself. I don't send my word without looking for the result, looking for the fruit. Over there in Isaiah 
chapter 55, the New Living actually says it this way. It says, uh, just as the water, uh, as the rains come down, they water the ground to bring forth a fruit. So do my words bring forth fruit. We need to be looking for the fruit that comes as the result of God's word going into something. But see, this is where we've got to place value on our words. We have to place value on that. Because he says that you can say and doubt in your heart. The combination won't work. There's still a missing piece. But he says if you will say and not doubt in your heart, but believe those things that you say will be done. What's that? The results. If you can believe that you'll get the results from what you're saying that God says you'll see because it's his word then you will have what you say. You can move mountains with your words. In fact, your mountain responds to your voice. Your mountain responds to your voice. What you say changes what you see. And this is what we've got to grab a hold of. And the reason why I'm ministering this is because we received some words this past weekend. I hope you know that. This wasn't just a, a man up here just, you know, teaching and just, you know, giving some good Bible study. There were words that were imparted. There was revelation that was received. But you see, we have to understand the value of God's word. He places the value on his word. His word is higher than his name. His word, he does not send his word without an assignment. He doesn't just say things. I mean, we even have a phrase, just saying. We even have that, don't we? We actually, we actually throw that tagline on the end of our statement sometimes. You can't pull that with the, when you're talking to your mountain. This debt has to go in the name of Jesus. Just saying. No, you're not just saying. You're not just saying. You're just working. It's what you're doing is you're working the word. Because God never says, just saying. He never says that. Jesus never, never said that. They tear open a roof. They, they, they send a, a layman down on a stretcher right in front of them. And you got people chattering, and they're actually not even chattering. They're thinking, and Jesus has the power to read what they're thinking. Gets a word of knowledge right there in the moment. It says, hey, uh, by the way, I, I know what you guys are thinking. Let me just go ahead and let you know. Not only can I heal this man, but I can forgive him of his sin. Which is easier? When, you, when Jesus says, which is easier, you just better get ready, because he's about to do a double whammy. He's about to say, I'll make them both happen right here in front of you. And he didn't look at that lame man and say, your sins are forgiven you, just saying. No, your sins are forgiven you. And on top of that, I'll show you a physical manifestation of the spiritual thing that just took place in your life. Not only are your sins forgiven you, rise up, take up your bed, and walk. And he does. Why? Because when Jesus spoke to it, I mean, you, you'll never see, you'll never see a healing line in the Bible with Jesus. You'll never see him pray for somebody. He just spoke to the problem. Spoke to the thing. 
When was he praying? He was getting up early to pray. John tells us repeatedly that he would only speak what? The Father's prayer. When he introduces us to the Holy Spirit, he says the Holy Spirit will come, and he's only going to say what the Father says. So it seems like you and I ought to get used to just saying what the Father says. Let's just say what God says. Amen? Let's just get God's word on our situation and then work the word. Now, it takes work, guys. Ask Abraham. He waited 25 years. Ask Abraham. Ask David when he is anointed king of Israel and then has to run around for his life for 14 years because the king that's in place is trying to take him out. Ask Jesus. Ask Paul. Ask any of these guys in the Bible that had to rely on one thing, God's word. Guys, we have to do two things. Number one, we have to get ourselves in full dependency on God's word. Full dependency. Like, he said it, so there's no other way it can happen. There's no other outcome. There's no other result. There's no other possibility that could take place. It's got to be the way he said it. That's the first thing you got to do. The second thing you got to do is you got to get yourself in reliance on your own word and agree with what he says. Agreement. Agreement. You know, there's times when I'm believing God for something, I'll call up somebody, somebody that I know is going to agree with me. The Bible says where two or three agree together in my name, it will be done for them. That's what the Bible says. And so I'll call up somebody that I know is going to get in agreement with me, that's going to believe with me, that's not going to be moved by the fear and, and the amount of faith that's necessary, and they're going to talk it with me. Where do people get discouraged a lot of times? It's in what people say. We're believing God for healing, and then we go to a doctor, and we take the, we value what the doctor said over. You, you, you have to understand that what somebody else says about a situation will not change what God says about the situation. I, I heard one minister talking. He said, he said, I, I know people, if they went home and watched the news and, and, the, and uh, saw on a weather report that a hurricane was coming, they would go out to Walmart, buy up every gallon of water they can, get all the food they can, board up their house, board up the windows, and then they come to church and I say, and God wants you healed. And they'd be like, oh, I don't know about that. I, I need to see some proof. <laughs> we value a weatherman over God himself. We value the banker over God himself. We value the doctor's word over God himself. But none of those words change what he's already said. We just have to get an agreement with. I will put it this way. You will see whatever you say. You will see whatever you say. It's just a matter of what are we saying. It's a matter of what are we agreeing with. It's a matter of are we saying what God has already said. Guys, we've just got to develop a dependency on his word, knowing that he will come through, knowing that he has to come through. 
and then we have to say it like it's done. And we hold fast and hold fast and hold fast and we work it and we work it. And no matter what trial, no matter what tribulation, no matter what test comes, we work it and we work it and we work it. And we see God's word produce real results in our life. God's word works. What do, what do we always say? I'm standing on the word of God. Standing on the word of God. Standing on the word of God. God's word is the solid foundation. What's that old song? All other ground is sinking sand. stood on something that didn't have a real firm foundation I mean you don't feel real confident there's not a whole lot of assurance but we can stand on God's word knowing that it's a solid foundation it will produce it will keep us steady we remain on that and, 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 the, and the Bible says a double minded man he is unstable in all his ways why? Because they listen to one word, and then they listen to another word. And they go back and listen to God's word. I mean, I, I've seen those people on Facebook. I mean, I, I've literally seen them. And they'll type out how they're feeling one day. And then the next day, they'll type out, praise God, you know, he, he's coming through. And then the next day, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. And then the next, it's like, you are unstable. And you know what James goes on to say about that? Let that man not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. Why? Because you got to have a full dependency in his word. You have to have full assurance. I don't care. I don't care if we get to the last day. I don't care if they come wanting to take it all away. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care if they say it's over. We're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep enduring. We're going to keep standing on the word. Those are the people that see the results. Those are the people that see the word being sent and accomplished, not returning void, but producing that which you said it would. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight. We are in, 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 in expectation of what we're going to see happen in our lives this year because you've given us your word. We have your word and we stand on your word. We remain steadfast in your word. We abide in your word. We hold fast to the confession. Father, you have given us so much. Your word is so full of promises. Promises that we know you can fulfill. So we set ourselves in full reliance and full dependency upon your word. And we set ourselves tonight to say nothing else but the word. Nothing will move us. Nothing will shake us. No test, no trial, no tribulation will get us off the word. Because we know just as the rain is sent from heaven to give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. Father, we know this, that your word will accomplish that which it was sent to do. It will not return to you void, empty, useless, 
but it will accomplish that which you have purposed. I thank you for results, Father. Father, for those that have been standing, for those that have been holding fast, I thank you that you give them strength and a confidence like never before. I pray tonight that they become steadfast, resolved within themselves, that there is no other way, and we will continue to say it that way until we see it that way. I thank you for that tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen.